the wise words of Ed Robertson of the Bare Naked Ladies. It's been one week since you looked at us or listened to us because we are also an audio show. And my name is Jonathan Dornbush, host of Beyond IGN's <laughs> weekly PlayStation show. This is episode 577. I am joined by Brian Altano. You had me nervous there. I didn't know where this was going. That was the hope. Yeah, <laughs> that was the hope and the dream that the Bare Naked Ladies started years ago. All right. We are also joined by Joe Scrubbles. Hello. Joe, how are you doing? I'm very good. Am I meant to say beyond? If you want to. Yeah, if beyond. The urge. Good Do afternoon it. and beyond. Oh, beyond. So pleasant. Good I, to have you, Joe. It's good to be here. I'd expect nothing less. What? That it's good to be here? Well, that and the, just the pleasantness. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Yes. Uh, Joe, for those who may not know you, tell us who you are. I am IGN UK's well, deputy editor. I've, yeah. That's changed recently. I forgot. <laughs> uh, and I'm in San Francisco just for a laugh. Sure. Just for a bit of a laugh. Just for fun. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't even meant to be on this. I just pushed Goldfarb we, out of the seat. We sent you here for a laugh? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Right. For a joke. <laughs> Can <laughs> I go to your office for a laugh? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Damn it. Absolutely not. Uh, have you been having a good time so far? It's been great. Yeah. Apart from the weather. Yeah. You guys promised me that America's like just nice. It's been rubbish. Yeah. yeah. It's really cold. Yeah. I don't know where it got freezing here. Specifically, San Francisco has like the, some of the, the least warm traits of California, mm. but- you're here, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, it's fine, and we're indoors now. How long have you right. been at IGN? Uh, just coming up to three years. Oh, man, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, but I've never been here before. So well, welcome. It's really big. You do everything bigger. Portion sizes, offices. What, what's next? That's, that's true. That is true. We the try to size of our PlayStations. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I haven't actually measured. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're actually here to talk about PlayStation, believe it or not. Yeah. Not just the weather in San Francisco. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. The first thing I want to talk to you guys both about, uh, since we last recorded, there's been a bit of rumor milling going on about the PlayStation 5. Uh, the only official thing, I've been looking back at everything we've reported, the only official thing we know about Sony's next console is that it is going to happen. Yes. That is the only confirmed thing. Which is weird because... A few years ago, they were actually saying it might not happen. Yes, like Yoshida yeah. came out and said, mm, mm, maybe not. Yeah. You know, we're kind of sick of the whole games thing. <laughs> it's, it seems redundant that uh, a lot of these like sort of figureheads have to come out and announce these things and say, like, we are making a console, but like in, in heading towards whatever sort of cloud-based dystopia we might be in someday for video games in general, it's nice and reassuring to hear we are making a box that it's dedicated to video games. I think with PlayStation specifically, the title is... Fairly a known quantity there. Mm, Predictable, yeah. They have a system. Yeah, they're not going to go... F- or four. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to go for the, uh, like, Xbox 12 to right. confuse us. Or, like, I cannot wait the for PlayStation the PlayStation Orange. Oh, yep. I, mean, I want to know what that thing's going to be called. Uh, but whatever the PS5 is actually called and probably will be called PS5, uh, in the last week or so, there have been reports. The first one was from industry annual analyst Daniel Ahmad, who said that he has heard most of the focus for Sony's first-party studios is on PS5 right now. It is still too early to talk about next-gen but he believes we'll hear some whispers at GDC. And he also said that PS5 dev kits are out there and that he's heard positive things about mm-hmm. it. So I wanted to start there before we jump into the other rumor. Is, is Are you guys surprised by that, that Sony would be focusing its internal <laughs> stuff I'm, on PS5? Like that feels where we are in the life cycle. Given that every other third-party studio is saying that they're working on next-gen stuff, like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't first party be following suit? It would be crazy not to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, you have to reason with the fact that uh, Sony just had one of their best years ever, mm-hmm. um, PlayStation specifically. First-party games are doing tremendously well uh, on the PS4. So, yeah, I mean, technically they don't need to do this right away, right? <laughs> they could wait a little while, but uh, it is nice to know that, that studios are moving on. GDC being next month is huge. Mm. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sort of, you know, 
secret murmurs and whispers and drunk talk at the bar about who's working on what and what what platforms they're on and what sort of engines are running and what aren't and uh, what this thing is going to be. I think this is going to be a very – this is that really magical sort of year, maybe year and a half, maybe two-year build up to uh, finding out what's next. And that means all of the fakes, all of the renders. Yes. Uh, I remember leading into the Switch, there was like somebody mocks a 3D, like a 3D thing that had like a, a reflection off a TV and stuff like that. Like very, very th- – things are getting more and more – realistic so yes uh, it'll be our jobs and and the audiences to cut through the nonsense and find what's real and what isn't but the reality is is this is this is it we're we're heading towards the off-ramp for for the next gen it's gonna be really fun maybe we'll finally get that boomerang controller that they promised us was the three you know i'm i'm actually (laughs) amazed they never did that as just a sort of throwback yeah you know like like uh, do it as just like a, a PlayStation Store exclusive boomerang or whatever. Yeah, for just <laughs> level thousand. I'm sure people do like a sixty dollar boomerang Dual Shock. Throw it out there in the wild. People will be happy. and it will come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, it's not surprising to me like hearing the rumblings about this. So at least in terms of what we know about Sony First Party, we know obviously Last of Us Part Two is in production yep. from Naughty Dog, and we know Ghost of Tsushima is in production at Sucker Punch. Mm. But beyond that, of the specific Sony First Parties, we don't really know what a lot of them are doing. Pixel Opus on Concrete Genie and um, Days Gone also being in production uh, from Bend, excuse me. So, but like other studios, we have Gorilla. Mm. No idea what they're working on. We can presume Horizon. To yeah. dawn or yeah. whatever the one is called. I think it's a very safe bet that they're not going back to Killzone. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I We're, mean, that, that that game sold so well, was critically acclaimed, and just personally, I was f***ing awesome. So, yeah, make more of that. Yeah. You know, make more things in that world. I want to fight giant robot dinosaurs again. I want to see what PS5 can do for that. I could see them doing, like, on the off chance that a Horizon is too far away. They because I think Gorilla expanded quite heavily after Horizon, yeah. so I wonder whether there could be a smaller team on a smaller Killzone style project. Like that's Maybe. the only way I could see that coming back as like a we're here. It's a launch title or oh, something yeah. along yeah. those lines. I mean, PS4 did have Shadowfall. Yeah, exactly. Launch, yeah, so yeah. that's true. Killzone does fit nicely with a with a system launch. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I don't know. I mean, it would disappoint people though. That's the problem. I yeah. I mean. I think there, well, there's always like that small group of a of like dedicated fans who love a studio who are always like, do the old thing again, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, like there, there are people that want another Ratchet and Clank, and I'm kind of like, well, no, I'd rather see where these guys go with the other thing. Everyone asks Naughty Dog, yeah. will you ever come back to Crash? Yeah. yeah. You don't know it anymore, but also no. Ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. I think Naughty Dog is bigger fish to fry. Um, yeah. So I that would be really interesting. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something else from them before this generation was over. Potentially, like I, w- I was thinking about Far Cry New Dawn the other day and how it's a forty dollars game. Mm. That's a really interesting price point. And if you look at something like um, uh, the last Uncharted game, which, which Lost Legacy, Lost Legacy, yeah. and also um, Ratchet and Clank, I think also came at forty. Yeah, the remake. For, yeah. yeah, I think I think there's a sweet spot there for like we have another story to tell. It's not necessarily a full fledged. Like it's a full, it's a game, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole game, but like, where does that sit? Maybe sort of a stopgap between this and a full-on dedicated sequel. I can't so. remember who it was that called it this, but I quite liked it because they were trying to work out it's not a sequel, it's not a spin-off or a DLC, and that someone I can't remember who it was. It might have been Dishonored called it an adventure, yeah. like it's an adventure <laughs> in that world. I love that, I like and that. like, yeah. I think that's a really cool way of putting it. I love those things coming out. Death of the Outsider is a great example where it's like building on the last game, but in a completely different yep. way. Like, yep. just really fun. 
I mean, well, if you look at something like Majora's Mask, you know, yeah, it's something like that. It's, it, and obviously became its own thing and beloved property. But like, I really like versions of games like that that like sort of start off as like we have all these assets, like we have this engine, we have this whole system running. Yeah, what can we do with it? Until the next major sort of you know re- relaunch of what this franchise is, mm. and uh, another studio like Sony Santa Monica, I could very much see them in between Gods of War wanting to do something maybe a little smaller, maybe just a little more story focused that they can release at a forty dollar price point, even as like a twenty dollar download. Yeah, they did uh, Bound, didn't they? Was that them? The sort of ballet style three D platformer thing. I forget who did that. Actually. I think that was Santa Monica, but it, but. That kind of thing is it probably wouldn't be a launch title because that would mm-hmm. be a weird thing to do. Yeah. But I could see them doing more. Of I that love as that well. game, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that was really, was really cool. it was really cool in, in PSVR. Yeah. What about um, some of the games that we do know? I mentioned a couple of them before, but in terms of games that we know for PS4, do you both think we will see them either transition to being PS5 only games or uh, bridge the gap as cross generation games like Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima mm. uh, are the two that come to mind? At least Sony First Party, and then obviously Death Stranding. Also, I could totally see Ghost of Tsushima doing. That. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what. With Last of Us, I just think it would be a weird thing to do. Like, I could totally see it being remastered again, like Last of Us was. Like yeah. being that sort of crossover generation thing, where it's like, this is the best we can possibly get out of yep. this console. Look how amazing it is. Look at our legacy, and then a year later, a year later, they're like, and now look at it even better. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I but, mean, we we know Days Gone has a release date. Other than that, everything else is sort of a question mark, and it's. Really interesting to see as somebody like that grew up playing video games and has watched so many consoles come and go and rise and fall. There's that last year of a system where it gets its swan songs and sometimes um, it's sort of just farts out into nothing. Like you look at something <laughs> like the Wii, uh, whereas like the PS3 had a bunch of really cool games towards the end. Um, I'm wondering which of these is going to be like this is the last major one before they move on. Um, and not to keep referencing Nintendo, but you know they've been doing this for a long time. I, I'm like anyone with a Switch right now is watching what's going on with the 3ds mm. and they're saying stop it yeah yeah you know like bring bring this bring the games over to us and nintendo saying no we have millions of people out here still enjoying this uh and if you look at there are companies like ea will support a system 15 years after it's dead you know mm. you're gonna get madden 2025 on the ps ubisoft is still releasing just dance on the wii exactly think, yeah stuff like that right yeah. so um it it's in their interest to build up a gigantic excitement and uh, bring these stories over to PS5. But I think the real question is, uh, and we've talked about this before, but sort of if if backwards compatibility is a thing, then there's not necessarily a real reason for them to drag these things out for too long to PS5. Mm-hmm. If you look at last gen to now, you bought the last of us twice you bought gta twice because you could and you wanted to and there were significant improvements over that but right now when you buy a video game it's got you know pro upgrades on it as well as it does base ps4 so if you were to buy a a ps4 game at the end of this gen and it would run on ps5 and still look really great or it's a digital download and you could patch or pay a few bucks extra for you know even better textures or something then what's the What's the sort of like significant purpose of them even doing that? You know, what's the infrastructure there? How can they get you to buy a game twice? Yeah, Mm. there's less of an incentive there. And that's a great jumping off point to go into the other rumor that's like not really a rumor, but is a thing that obviously the Internet wants to happen. Uh, Essentially, Sony put in for a new patent that would allow a piece of hardware to fully optimize and emulate and run older pieces of software. Mm. Uh, So everyone naturally assumes 
backward compatibility. And uh, a few other sites that were reporting on this were making leaps, I think, based on the report or based on the patent that said, oh, they're going to be putting in PS4, PS3, PS2, PS1. Mm. We're going to be able to be backward compatibility with everything. Your UMDs are going to like it was going all (laughs) over the place. Probably not your UMDs. That would be weird to get into a system. But uh, obviously there is want for backward compatibility. Um, It was one of the biggest things for Xbox this generation in terms of the their appeal to the audience and yeah. like they're earning goodwill back from the audience but one do you think it's in Sony's best interest to include this for the goodwill even if that comes at a business loss and two how realistic do you think this actually is I mean the goodwill is tremendous right yes. I mean it hypothetically if they had a press conference at E3, there would be thunderous applause in the audience. Mm. Because there isn't, there's dead silence. So there's no real place to even have that announcement. But uh, hypothetically, yes. People would absolutely love the idea of that. Whether or not statistically they would use it remains to be seen. Right now, um, the one of the PlayStation Plus games uh, this month is Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid 4 mm. for the PS3, which is cool in a press release or an email but you can't play that on ps4 and that kind of sucks to hear because like you go oh this is like the best month ever for ps plus Mm. or is it if you don't have a ps3 hooked up anymore i would love to see them find a way to just take all of those digital files and have them run natively on the ps5 um I don't know what the next leap for next generation is going to be, but having something powerful enough to emulate the last three or four consoles would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't really know if that's feasible, A, and B, like you said, like something that's worth paying you know, for them to pay for that people will actually end up using. Have we ever learned how successful PS1 and PS2 classics have been? for Sony because the only way I can see this actually happening all the way back to the early consoles is if that's just making no money right. and it's just a, it works out as a better PR move than a business move yeah because there has to be you know cost benefit somewhere yes yeah if they if you know 10 people are buying Final Fantasy 9 every month then why not do it mm-hmm. if you can but if there's still thousands and thousands of people willing to just pay for those games why give them the option to not have to yeah it's one of those weird things where we're at this place where Sony will reveal like the digital downloads for every month and they do have PS classics and things like that of that nature on there. But obviously we don't know exact numbers. So it yeah. could, like it could be five people bought Crash 3 and that's why it was number one on the chart or 5,000 people did. Mm-hmm. That would be a much different story. What excites me and worries me is that uh, they bookended 2018 by launching the PlayStation Classic, which has already price dropped to effectively a 50% reduction. Yeah. And that sucks. But I hope their message, the message isn't people don't want this. It's I. It's that people don't want this like that. Yeah. Mm. You know, <laughs> I, I think there's like, there was major excitement around that system and around a lot of the games on it. I think as a library and as a sort of an actual physical piece of hardware it left a lot to be desired. Um, it's really adorable looking. It's super cute. It's got yeah. that going for it. But I, I, I do hope that their takeaway from that is, yes, people want these games. Yes, people want to be able to play them um, in some sort of modern capacity. Uh, I don't know how they'll do that, though. But I, I do miss having that option. I mean, yeah. on PS3, being able to buy PS1 games and PS, you know, uh, PS minis and stuff like that, it was really cool. It was yeah. really awesome to have that. Yeah. Like, give us the option and, and then let the market decide. Well, there, there is one aspect of it that it, we don't use as much, but I know is generally popular, at least with some of the IGN readership in terms of PS Now. Mm-hmm. And that is a way that they deliver a lot of those older games. And we could see that being what they just use primarily for that going forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's cloud streaming versus something embedded in the system. But if they continue to build up that platform, I could see that being a 
bigger step for them. That's yeah. the thing. It's always worth pointing out that stuff, when it's patented, doesn't mean they're going to use it. There's been exactly. tons of crazy things patented, and we're all like, oh my god, there's going to be VR for Switch. Yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yeah, they're just doing that just in case for some reason everyone right. wants to stick a giant tablet in front of their right. face. Cover right. your bases. Yeah, yeah. it just mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, but speaking of, Brian, you had brought it up. PlayStation Plus, we didn't get to speak about this last week uh, because, of course, it obviously was announced the day after we record. Uh, But it is worth mentioning, I think, the PlayStation Plus free games lineup for February. Uh, In addition to that, anyone who has PS Plus will get an increase in their... Is it cloud saves? Yes, cloud saves from 10 gigabytes to 100 gigabytes. Which is crazy. Which is a huge, huge jump. Uh, And then the list is For Honor and Hitman Season 1 for PS4. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, as you mentioned, and... uh, and then uh, I think this may be a little mislabeled, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid 4 for PS3, Dive Kick for PS3 and Vita, Gunhouse for PS4 and Vita, and Rogue Aces for PS4 and mm-hmm. Vita. Um, and this is the last month that PS3 and Vita games will be added to the service. Yeah. Uh, we reached out to Sony after that announcement. And we're like, hey, are there plans to add more games? And they said, a representative said to us, like, at this time, there are no like announced current plans to change the lineup anymore. So... As of right now, it looks like it will just be the PS4 games that Mm -hmm. we're used to expecting. But in addition to that, they said they are going to continue to focus on things like the cloud save upgrades and other features uh, as being offered. I feel like they should have saved the cloud save thing for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would have been easy. That would have been a nice sort of like, hey, there's less games this this month, but we have this, you know, like start rolling out features like that uh, when the reality hits that we're probably going to start getting less games. Um, but we'll see. I, we've we've said from the start that like it'd be really cool if they started rolling more PSVR stuff into there. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great incentive to get people to, to get excited about that platform, keep the energy going on that. Um, it had a really great year last year, just kind of quietly out of nowhere. We were like, I think January of last year, we were like, is PSVR down for the count? And by yep. the end of the year, that we were like, this thing rules. Yeah. It was the best-selling VR system. Um, there were two or year. three PSVR games on our game of the year list. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Which it is was, awesome, yeah. right? Um, yeah, it'd be really cool. I mean, I think if you if you came out in a month and you said, you know, maybe Arkham VR or something like that is is free. Yeah. Just take a big sort of like launch window tentpole PSVR game, throw it out there for free. Um, yeah, I think it would piss people off who don't have a PSVR, but go get a PSVR. But that's it. It's, that's exactly what it would work to do is yeah. people yeah. go, well, it's a bit cheaper and now I get free games every month. Like That's a really smart move yeah. if they can do yeah. it. Yeah, to have 12 free PSVR games by the end of mm-hmm. a year is yep. a pretty nice library to have if you get it for Christmas. The mm-hmm. features thing is interesting because, like yeah. again, this feels like a weird time to just start rolling out new features for your system that has maybe a year and a half left in its life cycle. I mean, before the PS5 comes out, of course. People yeah. will be playing it for years. Uh, but it, it, it's weird to sort of at the tail end of this generation um, just sort of be like, oh, we you know, multiplied your cloud storage by 10. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. oh, it, and we'll throw in uh, name changes maybe now. I mean, so. unless they are just building to the end. Like, we're increasing cloud storage by 10 every single month until it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> One billion gigabytes of data. Enjoy, everyone. Dr. Evil is running PlayStation. That's the only explanation. Um, no, yeah, it is interesting. They were doing this... Uh, the end of last year too and my whole thought is i guess they're rolling it out now because it's just it's easier to have all this at the start of the ps5 so like the name change beta and crossplay beta mm-hmm. and things like these storage updates like who knows maybe saves on the ps5 will all be one gigabyte constantly and so we'll mm-hmm. need this more yeah. um it, it seems like a lot of future proofing that they'll be doing yeah. yeah um but in terms of like ps plus do you guys worry about like how worthwhile it will be going forward when you see things like xbox game pass taking off and you can sort of like have bundled xbox 
Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live and things like that. Or we'll see if I know there were rumors about possibly Switch Online there being a more like hardcore dedicated version of it. And right. People adapting these subscription services to be more fully featured. Do you worry if PS Plus is losing some aspects? from sony's perspective like why do they need to care like they're so far ahead this is you know it's commensurate with how they've acted for the last little while is they just don't go in for the stuff that everyone else is going into because they don't need to yeah they're just bigger and that kind of you know from a personal perspective i'd love to get more value out of my ps plus if i'm getting more from other people Mm -hmm. but I mean, are they going to care about me? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're why, right. I mean, uh, unless like millions of us speak in mass and go, hey, we're unsubscribing. But the reality is you're not unsubscribing from PlayStation Plus mm. now. I want my year. Vita games. I'm doing it yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, taking a stand. Yeah, so I don't really know. Uh, I would love to see them find a way to keep that service fruitful, right? And make you go, wow, this is really worth it. But the reality is, is they don't actually need to do that, which sucks. And mm. it's... I hate saying it out loud because someone might be listening and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. We, we can devalue this service and you, we have you by the balls. Bump it up to 100 bucks and give them no free exactly. games. Yeah. Just make yeah. it done. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope they do something. I, like, I, I, I really – we've said this before. I want them to connect PS Now and PS Plus in some way yeah. uh, in the future. So um, that, that's, I think that's their answer to Game Pass at the very least is that they have that service there already and just – just push it all together. I think Game Pass is the first time there's been a, a legitimate threat to yeah. that superiority. And so that would be the thing that, that pushes them in that direction. I think you're absolutely right. PS Now is the way you'd get, go around mm-hmm. doing that. But then, like, I look at those games, like, even without uh, the PS3 and Vita stuff, like, For Honor and Hitman are two games that have improved immeasurably since they came out, and I've not touched them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the first chance where I'm like, oh, yeah. I could totally see myself going back to either of those two games. Right. Like, they're just great choices. Same. Yeah, I've never played For Honor. Like, I, I admired it, and I admire how much they've been adding to it. And mm. now I'm like, oh, maybe now I would play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more than I can say for half the other games on the list. Exactly. Month to month. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those games that just, I remember when the NPD came in on that one, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is a hit. And it just kept growing, like you said. And I, I, same, I'm in the same boat. I didn't revisit it. And mm. I'd love to go back and be like, how has this changed? I know they added like Assassin's, uh, Assassin's Creed stuff. and yeah. There's like a whole other faction and stuff. So you can kill Rain Man. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. That's not true. I would love to do Rip that. his arms Justin off. Justin Hoffman's <laughs> Rain Man? Or... <laughs> that would be hard. That would be impressive if they could get that license. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were mentioning a little before, though. I'm curious, though, talking about like, They've been, they can act a certain way because they are in first place. Mm. Do you ever worry about the hubris like taking over as we get into this new generation? Because, like, we did see, we were talking a little bit before the show, like, we saw that going into the PS3 generation. Yes. I I can totally see that happening. And, like, I think Xbox has stolen a march in the last year or so Mm. in going, like, in feeling like the more futuristic company in some way. Like, they they are pushing in a direction that no one else is doing, Mm -hmm. and people are reacting really well to it. Um, Like, it will be up to Sony to kind of make sure the PS5 seems way more value, valuable in and of itself, however they choose to do that. Yeah. Whether that's still just being like cheaper and nicer and more accessible mm-hmm. and with great first-party stuff. Because that, that's where it's going to win or, yeah. or yeah. lose. Historically, almost every time in the history of our industry that we've seen a console come in cocky, um, mm. things have not gone well. 
the next time around. Uh, we've seen it with Nintendo. We saw, I, I think with this generation, we saw it with, with Microsoft, yeah. right? Uh, Xbox came in and they were hot off the 360 and they're like, here's all this crap you have to deal with now. And mm-hmm. people were like, no, I don't want <laughs> yeah. that. And then they were like, just kidding. Um, the, it was what Ken Kutaragi sort of being like, oh, you, you'll work more hours and we'll sell a million PS3s without, you know, having a single game was one you'll of the get quotes. a second job. Yeah. To, yeah, buy a PS3. I could shoot a guy in <laughs> Times Square. Um, no, that was a different person. Uh, that was a uh, like it's and i think people people saw that and they were just kind of like huh and when they came out and they said it's five hundred dollars and um, that's the thing like we're all forgetting um the prices on these things it's it, we've just been comfortable with 299 399 you know 499 pushed it but yeah. like where uh, at one point one one console developer is going to say this is what it costs and it's going to push that that mark that's too far for us, which mm. I think will happen with the launch of the PS3. I think the the One X was like people knew they were buying into a premium product. Exactly. Um, yeah. We saw saturation for the first time in a very long time on uh, the sort of on Apple hardware side, where this time around they they pushed it too far mm. at, with phones, and people were like, "I don't need that." You know, I'm not going to spend fourteen hundred dollars on an iPhone X Max two or whatever. Um, and the, like the sales were sort of lukewarm. Yeah. And so. All of that has to come into play. Um, launch games have to be there. The power has to be there. And then there's like that weird arms race where it's like if if one of them comes out and says we're five hundred dollars, and then the other says we're four hundred dollars, but we're more pow- powerful. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. I love it's all fascinating. This. Yeah, yeah, no, it's this so is great. my favorite part. There are so many weird factors about it because uh, to me it is like the price can be such a death toll if they are just too high. Mm-hmm. And but it is also something like maybe if they have 10 amazing exclusives in the first year that they can promise that may sway you like there there are all these factors well i do wonder if xbox and and playstation are looking at the switch and going did you see the first year that had did you see the launch games like yeah do we need to do that because that's because launch games are always until the switch really just not that great in the grand when you look back on yeah since like console. early consoles, yeah, it really has. Well, the other message with Switch is, and, and this is incredibly disruptive, but it's a uh, just grab your old last gen games and they'll sell better than ever, like mm-hmm. Mario Kart Eight did. And B, graphics don't matter. But I don't think that that lesson is going to be carried into the next gen. That'd be crazy if yeah. Sony came out and they're like, "We decided graphics don't really matter, so it's just two PS4s duct taped yeah. together." <laughs> um, people would be furious, and yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I think that that is not where Xbox is going. They are going arms races. Mm. Like they are going, they're going to make this thing. They're going to try to make this thing the most powerful. That's one of the things they constantly said with the one X. Yeah. Um, because I think they got caught a little lower than expected with, with the, with the Xbox one. Um, I remember the first six months or first year of the console wars, just generation was like, looks better on PS4. looks better on PS4. And then things started shifting to the one X and, you know, Sony fans, including me, shut up a little bit. And <laughs> I, I had a sort of sea change on this show where I went and I bought uh, a One X for Red Dead because mm-hmm. it does look better than it does on the PS4 Pro. Um, and so that's that's definitely going to be a thing. And so I don't know if they'll look at the Switch and be like, you know, let's let's go last gen graphics. But having something as big as Breath of the Wild at launch yeah. is 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 important. That's a said, powerful step. Yeah, that said, Mario Kart outsold Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So the message really is like take a kart racing game from last generation <laughs> that no one played and hope for the best. Crash mod Team Nation racing, racing. There we go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> you went Crash, I went Mod Nation. So <laughs> um, yeah, Mod Nation, mod nation Racers what, coming back. What was PS5 that? Launch what was that Angry Birds one? Just stick it oh, on. Oh, there yeah. we go. Or we'll finally get uncarded. 
maybe that will finally happen. Uh, that would be an ama- <laughs> that would be an amazing launch title. I want to be. I want to be at the E3 where like they come out and they go, "Hey, PlayStation Five launch game." Uncarded. <laughs> Bundled no, in. Nolan North drives on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, moving on to, we don't know what games we'll be playing when the PS5 launches, but what you can play right now and uh, what I want to talk a little bit, not just about the actual game itself, but everything around it, is Apex Legends, mm-hmm. which had a not-so-surprised launch this past Monday after rumors and leaks about it came out over the weekend. Uh, this is essentially a Battle Royale meets Overwatch game set in the Titanfall universe. You play as one of eight legends. They're all different classes, essentially. So you'll have a scout, uh, a medic, a shield heavy guy. There's all those different classes, essentially. And I think all, as far as I know, the microtransactions are all uh, cosmetic focused. It is not pay to win that sort of scenario. But um, this is what respawns next entry in the Titanfall universes. Yeah. Uh, and since this game got announced, there have been these weird conflicting comments essentially where respawn said there is no titanfall 3 right now like this is the next titanfall this is the proper like this is how you can think of the continuation of the franchise right now because there had been rumors that a titanfall 3 was in development uh but then today vince ampella as we're recording the show tweeted out this isn't the end of titanfall that you'll see this year so this year this, this year, year. Oh, so I didn't there's see more that. titanfall i believe to come this year i'm gonna double check the quote on that but essentially this isn't the end of the titanfall universe so one i want to ask you guys just what you think generally of the surprise launch of this game in the battle royale market that we're in as EA is also about to launch Anthem, which is obviously heavily multiplayer. Like how do you see this? Do you see hope for this game and how have you seen the initial reception? Um, well they tweeted out yesterday that a million people played it yesterday. Yeah. The day, the day it launched, which is huge. Um, uh, First of all, we did hear some rumors and rumblings about this over the weekend, but for the most part, this, I think, like ostensibly for anybody who loves video games, this was a brand new thing that just launched out of nowhere that you could play right now. And I love that. Mm, me too. I love that so much. That is so antithetical to all of the hype and build up and everything else. I mean, some of the games we talked about earlier, are they PS4? Are they PS5? These are games we've been talking about for literal years. Yeah. And then this one just comes out out of nowhere. Uh, I did see a lot of disappointment disappointment and, and sentiment about how it's not there's no max right there's no like wall running per se um which i think that like and they they went on record and saying like they tried some of those things and they it just didn't really work and so i think rather than just shoving them in there for the sake of it uh i'm kind of glad that they're they're creating this own pocket of of the titanfall universe mm. um as for its lasting appeal i don't know with if people will stick with this a month from now um fortnite's the one people always keep going back to PUBG people keep going back to call of duty blackout is still successful it's doing pretty well yeah. um i would say rather than like will this find an audience i it has me thinking like will this eat into something like anthem which is obviously a very different game but more specifically um like where's battlefield's delayed uh battle royal mm. like where is that and how does how does that live because that's now effectively coming out of the same company with the ea logo on the corner um and it's not here yet and that's i, I don't think that's going to be free to play so uh, i think the fact that this is free and you can jump in right now and download it on your consoles is huge i think it's going to have a big audience for a while um i think i think it's going to stick around honestly there is a bit of me that goes did they bring this out before the battlefield one 
just as a sort of revenge for Battlefield and Titanfall yeah. last time. A few, a few years ago, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. When they came out, what, a week apart? A week apart. Yeah. And, and we that, all thought that was insane. And yeah. it essentially kind of destroyed Titanfall 2 sales. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there were people on the staff who loved that game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a couple levels people still talk about. It was like some of the best level design yep. of the last few years, and it's, but not many people played it. No. Yeah. No. I mean, we saw the sales on that game, and they were not great. And then the critical reception was awesome. And, you know, there were a lot of people saying that that was one of the best single-player campaigns of all time. I wouldn't go that hyperbolic. Mm. I liked it a lot. Sure. It's um, no Kingdom Hearts 3. That's true. It's, yeah, which I think is easily one of the top three uh, single-player first-person FPS shooters games, yeah. ever made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Toy Story level, man, let me yeah. tell you. Um, but yeah, no, th- this was a really interesting surprise thing, and I jumped into it for maybe about 20 minutes, and I'm terrible at it. But mm. I, liked, I liked the setup of it as a squad focus game. So for those who don't know about it, you're essentially playing always in a group of three people. You yeah. can go off on your own and ignore them if you want, but there is incentive to work together. Mm. And I, I like that setup of it because I do think that encourages, especially in a world where you want to play with your friends and you want to play with them on the right console and everything, regardless of if cross gen play comes to this um, or cross platform, excuse me. I do love that sort of idea that, Oh, me and my two friends are always going to mm-hmm. play this together. Mm-hmm. Or like that. That's how this game I could see living for a while. That's actually the part that I, uh, disconnected with the most because it, I like the, I actually really like Fortnite. Um, mm-hmm. It gets a lot of shit from people for being like a casual shooter. It is, but it's, I think it's got a lot of really cool stuff going for it. Um, what I love about Fortnite is how lonely it is. <laughs> no one really describes that because it's this, this giant Island, a hundred of you drop in 40 people die instantly yeah. and you never see them. And then it's mostly just you kind of creeping around on your own. And occasionally there's a skirmish or a firefight or three or four people or 10 people all battling. But the, a lot of that game is just like, kind of running the first you know half of each match is just kind of like finding stuff and hiding when you're playing alone it's kind of like a horror game yeah yeah <laughs> for the first half i remember the first time i played fortnite and i was playing alone it was like i don't know what's gonna happen yep. and just everything scared me yeah the, the thing about all battle royale games is that all of them have to nail the sound of far away gunfire yeah like that weird tap 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 from a mile away that really freaks me out like yeah. i yep. hate that noise yeah um yeah and that is that kind of, I guess that is sort of lost a little bit in Apex Legends because mm-hmm. like, you're not that scared when there are two other people with you, even if you're against everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I jumped on it last night. It really didn't work for me that well. I think possibly because I'm a huge Overwatch player and mm-hmm. it just made me want to play Overwatch. Like the abilities and stuff just don't feel quite as exciting because gotcha. you have to limit it a little bit in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as to whether it's going to live for that long, it's sort of a weird one. Like, I almost wonder whether we're in a position now where Fortnite's created a world where if you're in a battle royale, you have to go as far as Fortnite to changing everything about right. it every month. Um, and I don't know what Apex Legends' plan is for that kind of stuff. So they did announce yesterday they are doing seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's every month. I think it's every, like, three or four months. I think yeah. they have four seasons planned essentially through the next year. So right. they, are, they will be continuing to update and have those seasons and have... Uh, new heroes and new weapons and new loot and everything. But yeah, I can't... I mean, they could. It's a world full of mechs and robots and Mm -hmm. sci-fi stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine them doing the same things as the wormhole opening up and exactly. everything freezing or right. yeah, like having things come from the Titanfall universe into the real universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's that sort of inherent goofiness that comes with Fortnite's world that l- allows it to do stuff like that. As for the comparisons to overwatch, I guess I'll ask you like, do you, do you see people two years from now at San Diego comic-con cosplaying as these characters new, no. I know Chappy scout. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I like that robot a lot. Uh, but I do too. the, they, they announced you know, in the launch trailer while the game had literally been out for eight seconds, they were like fan favorite. And they pointed to a character and I was like, 
It's a little soon for that. Let's. <laughs> but does that mean is that a fan favorite character from Titanfall? Because I've played both Titanfall games. If that's from the previous ones, I have no idea who that is. I like, don't. It's not a robot, so I don't remember. That's yeah. it. It's so weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's like that. Like Overwatch characters are their you know figure arts, toys, their Lego sets now. Um, there's probably birthday parties. There'll be Happy Meal toys. There, people dress up as those things. They draw them. There's huge fan art communities for them. I don't know if that will happen here. Um, and that's a big part of the lasting appeal is that people latch on to these characters. And even if they're bad at the game, they're like, oh, I love that, I love yeah. that guy or that yeah. girl. And they read the lore and all the stories behind them and stuff like that. So um, there's room for this world to grow, I think. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, see what it'll be an interesting one to watch, especially as you were saying still expecting the battlefield battle royale to come and obviously with anthem and blackout continuing or not anthem excuse me Fortnite. uh though if anthem adds a battle royale mm-hmm. i wouldn't be shocked I, um i will say real quick that like when a battle royale game dies it dies hard yeah and so we saw that with lawbreakers yeah. like yep. the concurrent players by the end of that game's life cycle which we're not too far out after it launched um we're in like single digits. So, and you need 60 people to play. What was that Cliffy B one? Radical Heights. Yeah. Radical also, Heights. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was so a, sad. Yeah. That was a rough one too. Um, I am interested though, obviously as people are trying to find their space in the battle royale universe, uh, we were talking a little bit about the show before the show yesterday of the idea that obviously this is EA. They currently have a star Wars license, right? Would you want to see a star Wars battle royale? Oh my God. I would love to. Yeah. 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. What? Who would be the heroes? Who would be the legends? Who, or would you be a random Ewok running into the field? Like, how how would you guys see that? I really like the idea that it's just like a hundred Wookies dropped into a world <laughs> with covered in lightsabers, blasters. Like, um, yeah, I think like weirdly enough, a lot of the heroes and villains modes in Battlefront sort of has the starting of the DNA yeah. to make something like this happen. Um, if you pack it with enough players, having like weird droids airdrop in and like Ewoks, there's enough like goofy character classes there. And yeah. uh, unlike you know Apex, I think that you immediately would have people that connect with those things mm. and and they would want to pick those characters. So uh, yeah, that would be really cool to see. I think that like. Star Wars lends itself to a lot of big battley outdoor environments as well as it does the small intimate settings like, you know, uh, you know, Mos Eisley and Jabba's Palace and stuff like that. So I would love to see a sort of, you know, a hundred characters airdrop into Tatooine. I guess, um, yeah, their, their problem there is, A, are they going to allow multiple versions of the same character to, to drop into one place or would yeah. everyone be a nameless storm? Yeah. Yeah. Or and, Rodians. And I mean, there's enough, the, the cool thing is there's so many different, you know, Solistons and Twi'leks. Mm. There's all this, all this shit that I shouldn't know. <laughs> um, but the awesome thing about that is that once you hit the ground, there's enough like sort of small ground based vehicular stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Tauntauns, Dubaks, ATSTs, ATDPs, all these like cool little like ships that, that, in lieu of having like X-Wings and TIE Fighters flying around. Cause I think that would overcomplicate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but there's enough stuff on the ground to keep you interested. You know, that's, that's sort of like their, their answer to Fortnite's golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's that arena in attack of the clones? 
Oh, is it oh on yeah. Geonosis? Yes, it is on yeah. Geonosis. Just, I just imagine 50 people on one side, 50 people on the other side. And then those running three at each giant like, cartoon monsters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perfect. <laughs> Everyone has a lightsaber and they mm-hmm. just yeah. go and see what happens. It'd be amazing. Padme it inexplicably gets her shirt ripped right at the belly. And she's <laughs> like, look at my great abs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro to every match. <laughs> look at my great abs. Now we fight. I uh, would love to see this happen, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That would, I, uh, not that thing, but the, the, just the, the concept sure. of a Star Wars yeah. Battle Royale. Not really Battle cool. Royale's opening with ab checks yeah. first. Yeah. I would also like to see a, a, a car-based battle royale. Ooh, there is the one. Cars universe? What? Uh, oh, as in cars? The the no, Disney no, not the, something? no. Just like the idea of a hundred cars air dropping onto a highway and that crashing e- into each other. That exists. No, yeah, I can't remember what, what it's called. It? It's in is early it called Auto Royale. I don't think it is. Ooh, this is a real thing. I've played. That's amazing. I, there's, there is a just like a like a futuristic like <laughs> twisted metal style battle royale. We played it in the office. I wish I could remember the name. A twisted metal battle royale would be would awesome. make yeah. total sense. Yeah, if Sony doesn't know what to do with that license, I feel like a car battle royale. I feel like yeah. I've let you down not remembering yeah. this, but I will show it it's to you okay. after. It's, it's, also, I, ha- I put you on the spot. <laughs> How's the Fast and Furious license not taking that? Oh, just man. run with it. Right. They literally drop out of planes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, we've talked a little bit about through the last few weeks, obviously, uh, Resident Evil 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3, two long-awaited games that are finally out. Uh, and Brian, you had brought this up while we were figuring out what to talk about on the show, and I really found the topic interesting of, like, these major releases have come out. Where do we go from here? Right. And it's a weird, like, fandom question sort of thing. And, like, I could imagine, especially for you as, like, a Star Wars fan. Yeah. That must be one of those weird things where, especially when the first of the new movies came out, Mm-hmm. And um, this new transition point. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird concept because like so much of being a fan of something, especially in the video game realm, is anticipation. Yeah. It is that like sort of luxurious weight and hype and question and you know hi- hyperbolic sort of fear and and hope for everything that that might be. And then something arrives and it's here. And then like people on social media are like, I got it, or like I went to the midnight launch. And then you dig into it and you play it and then you finish it and then. You wait sometimes 10 or 15 more years <laughs> yeah. for something else. Um, I think in the case of Kingdom Hearts, it will hopefully be sooner than that. I hope so. Yeah, it um, be weird. Resident Evil, it definitely will be, I will I, say. Yeah, I don't think we're going to wait 15 years for yeah. the next Resident Evil. That said, we did wait a long time for the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. I remember like the concept of that uh, is, what, four or five years old? Yeah. We started yes. hearing yeah. rumors about them maybe working on something like that, and... Now it's here. It's awesome. And you sort of ha- have the option to replay through different campaigns and different difficulties and uh, play as Tofu and stuff like that. And so there's there's a replay replayability there. And I imagine um, there's the same in Kingdom Hearts. I'll never know because it's <laughs> a confusing mess. You purposefully <laughs> were out of the office the day we did our episode on it. Well, yes. No, <laughs> that, no I, Dan Stapleton actually walked around the room the other day and he was like, hey, would you like a copy of Kingdom Hearts? And I was like, I wouldn't. No. Um, <laughs> you give that, to, give that to literally anybody else because I... I think that would just like confuse and 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 befuddle me. A lot so. of people actually do want you and me to do a Let's Play series. I would love that because I have a lot of questions. Games. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would be angry at me for working here and not knowing everything about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But that happens. Yeah. There's a lot of video games out there. It's really hard to be an expert on every single one. Yeah. Well, um, for example, I called Lawbreakers a battle royal earlier. It's not. It's a hero shooter. Hero shooter. Or was. Um but yeah, like so what do you what do you do during this part, you know? Like I think this is where fandom really kicks in where stuff like AGDQ, which is awesome games don't quick kicks in where the the fan art and the cosplay communities kick in. Um it's this really cool part of the development cycle where the thing is out, it is now not 
up to them anymore. It's now up to us as fans and, and press and everybody to sort of take this thing and make it our own and uh, write you know op-eds about it and theories and make YouTube videos and all this other stuff. And it's this really cool sort of you know, now we get to figure out where the new Resident Evil game sits in the rankings, where the new Kingdom Hearts game sits in, in the pantheon of Kingdom Hearts games, all with increasingly nonsensical titles <laughs> that I'll never understand. Don't worry, they'll keep getting weirder. Yeah. Um, Just this morning, I saw a Resident Evil 2 mod that already exists that uh, plays DMX whenever Mr. X appears. See? Oh, I've heard about that, yeah. That, to me, is the best sign of yeah. a healthy game. It's like, if they're making joke mods for it, you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's in a loving way. It's not like, this game sucks, we hate it. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's really cool. It's it, very it, funny. It's one of those weird points where, like you were saying in the development cycle, like it's too early for the next thing. So the fans give it life. And it is, at least in the Kingdom Hearts community, as far as I can see, it's very much now about, okay, what do the endings tell us about what could come next? Because right. whether we're waiting two years or 20 years, we assume there will be a next. Well, it was like when we had Corey from God of War on here, right? Yeah. I think some people were like, why don't you ask him God of War 2 or like, you know, Kratos Jr. Like, what's going on? What's what's next? <laughs> uh, and we were sort of like, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally was like, this is the part in the, in the life cycle where we just allow this some breathing room and yeah. let this piece of art exist and let the you know i i see i i see like the god of war twitter account is retweeting people dressed as kratos and atreus mm. and halloween costumes and and awesome lego and all this other stuff that gets to exist now that there's breathing room and people are finding this for the first time every single day and 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 living with it and like i think that's a really beautiful time for a sort of for a game and it's our jobs as journalists in giant quotes to go what's next give me the give me the give me number two give me resident evil three do code veronica <laughs> for the love of god remake resident evil four please <laughs> but just skip the rest just skip the rest and go right to just four, go to selfishly four. yeah but the, part of me also has to say like i really love the part where th- these games just get to exist people are happy with them for the most part and um like let's celebrate them yeah that that happened with you you were mentioning cory when brian intahar was on the show too for spider-man it was the week spider-man came out and i had asked for questions on twitter and everyone's like when spider-man 2 coming out who's <laughs> the villain spider-man 2 and i'm like i mean maybe he has ideas about it but of course the, he does we're not going to talk about that right now he's right. like well here's the whole plot let me give you the bible for the next game Here, exactly like, that's not how that works and it is that interesting like in the lull, I think because of the nature, like you were saying, of the industry, there's so this always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And we lose a little bit of the like art appreciation aspect of it. Yeah. Or like we can really dive into a thing and why every aspect of it is worth looking at. The, the most reductive way I can put it is like, imagine you spend three hours cooking dinner for your significant other and you guys sit down and here she goes, what's for breakfast? Like, it's like, we, let's. I fucking worked on this. Oh, let's just eat this, and then we'll figure it. Out. We'll have leftovers in the morning. We we'll put eggs on it. That's why we just order eggs. food in my house. Exactly. We just don't, <laughs> don't even have to worry about it. Uh, but yeah, it is that interesting. Obviously, for you, Brian, uh, as a Resident Evil fan, Joe, I assume you're a bit of a fan of the franchise. Yes, I would assume. I uh, so like for you guys right now. What what is your interest in the Resident Evil franchise? Having been playing Resident Evil Two, maybe having beaten it, like where do you go from here? And do you let it sit for a bit? Are you looking back into Resident Evil Two right now? Like where are your minds on it? I can totally see them turning this into like a cadence of remake, new game, remake, new game, because mm-hmm. this is just too successful now. Like the the reaction to this game is crazy. Yeah, people love it so much. People love like the 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 engine is absurd. It looks so good. It's gorgeous, and yeah. and it, the the feeling with Resi 
two in particular. Like I heard a rumor, I have no idea if this is true or not, that the only reason they've remade it in the way they have is because the source code for the original Resident Evil 2 just doesn't exist anymore. Like it's just <laughs> gone. So they had to fully remake it. Yeah. But the effort that's gone into it and the reaction to it makes that wait for a full remake so much better. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm not super familiar with the early games. Like I kind of started with four. Um, Dale in the UK office, who's a huge Resi 2 fan, the way he talked about this game is like he was so excited by not just how faithful it is, but those little changes that make it worthwhile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the thing I always talk about trying to kind of rationalize it to myself is have you ever watched Hannibal? Yeah. 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 So you know how Hannibal takes stuff from the movies that you know, but puts like it in the wrong place or yes. the wrong characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's that same thing where it just feels like it's psyching you out if you yep. know, but it yep. it's still good in the original way for people who didn't. Yeah. And I just love them doing that and i can totally see resident evil 3 being coming yeah. down the line that's some of my favorite like uh just that remind me of hannibal the magicians which is on right now does that too with their books where they right. took the three books but they mine them for spare parts basically and remixed yeah. everything or like the leftovers finished the book after season one so everything else was using what was built there but created new things right yeah um i think that like and they've spent so long getting there but i think they're they finally have sort of reached that perfect balance of survival horror adventure and mm. action and that's been incredibly difficult to service those needs for the entire audience for so long um i like letting this sit a little bit i i still prefer resident evil 4 and i've been thinking about why and i think it's because the setting in resident evil 4 is just so much more sort of terrifying and and sort of Mm wide-reaching than a game that takes place primarily in one or two major environments. Mm. The police station's really cool. It's claustrophobic. It's a labyrinth. It makes no sense that cops would work there, yeah. but that's fine. It's a video game. Um, but the idea of like being in the village in Resident Evil and yeah. then turning a corner and being down this mountain pathway that brings you onto a boat over a lagoon that brings you all these different places, I really enjoy that sort of adventure element of it, of I don't know what environment I'm going to be in next. Uh, that said... You can't really do adventure in the same way in the in the traditional video game genre sense like you can in a single setting like mm. like Resident Evil Two because um, I think the police station lends itself so well to like classic point and click adventure games in that yeah. way you know and then just the way you're finding weird clues and opening up key boxes and there's so much special just really beautiful little detail on this especially the fact that they've just totally nailed like the 90s like right down to the computer ui and stuff like that it's so well done um so i'll always prefer four but two is so goddamn good but who designed a police precinct to have lucky keys spread throughout it that you need <laughs> three fans, fans always go well it was an art museum first you're like what museum has yeah, lucky right. keys yeah. and chess piece well, locks like well what ridiculous. i love is like when you switch between leanne and claire's campaigns uh, a, a lot of the puzzles reset which narratively means that leon solved the puzzle was like great and then when he went to discard the key, you actually didn't see him bring it back to the original hiding exactly. place yeah. and yeah, reset the puzzle because he wants to keep things interesting for Claire. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. He's yeah. a nice guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, out of curiosity, do you guys think obviously it would be very much prognostication of what could be, but do you see any franchises right now as these franchises that like 15 years from now will be the things where every three or four years will be like, what's going on? What can happen? Right. Really digging into it. I mean, like for me, if they continue it, something like The Last of Us, like I mm. never would have expected a sequel at all. But mm-hmm. the fact that they see this universe is so much more than that first game. 
I could see them maybe doing something every five years. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would also love to 15 years from now and it's sort of, it's too soon right now to even think about, or maybe not, but like seeing Naughty Dog completely redo the first Uncharted game Mm. in the same sense that Capcom has redone Resident Evil 2, where you're playing it and it's, it's messing with your memories because it's, it's different than you remember, but also it feels like what you thought you remembered it looked like. Um, and just overhauling the game. And, you know, we've talked about this so many times about like, what's that perfect line between remaking something and then making like a George Lucas special edition where you kind of go too far and you screw things up and Greedo shoots first and you piss people off. But I think there's like, no one is really playing this game in terms of Resident Evil 2 and they're saying, oh, you guys like totally crapped on the legacy of this game or you, you know, you took too much out or you put too much in. Um, I think people are really happy it's here and they know that they can always just play the original. So, Mm. yeah, I would love to see that, that idea of like, what is a remake? What is a remaster? Like toying with that and messing with the DNA a little bit. To answer a few questions at once in this, I I would love to see a return to Tokyo Jungle, and I want and I want Tokyo Jungle to become a franchise that everyone loves, like Resident (laughs) Evil. That would be amazing. That'd be so. Like, make one that's hyper realistic. That's it. I want to see PS Five Chihuahuas just biting the necks out of deer. God, that sounds so good. If anyone could do it, Sony could. This is why we put you on a plane (laughs) (laughs) for a laugh (laughs) about Tokyo Jungle. Uh, Before we move into a trophy test, I also wanted to bring up uh, another just piece of weird news from over the since the last episode uh there's a groundhog day sequel coming to playstation vr called groundhog day like father like son uh in which you will be playing i believe phil jr son of uh bill murray's character you'll be playing phil connors jr uh he's trapped back home in puxatawney Mm-hmm. And just like his father is forced to re- repeat the same day over and over again. Is, so is this he, is yeah. Is he canonically Andy McDowell's son as well? Ooh, I, I actually believe so. Yeah, that would check out. That would make um, sense. Yeah, and Ned Ryson still yeah, there. Ned's still here. This is a PSVR sequel to a movie from the nineties. <laughs> um, also, the second time we've seen a Bill Murray movie get a video game direct sequel. Yeah, which Ghostbusters. I, get yeah, them. I don't know if that's the new like. By the way, he has an iPad in this game. Super weird. Um, but the, I, I don't know if this is like the new straight to VHS sequel. Um, <laughs> it's 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 really perplexing. Yeah. Uh, I'll try it. Um, I think that like this concept is really interesting. It was always like I, I always really liked this movie because because of that. And video games already do have that sort of Groundhog Day appeal because you die and restart things constantly in them. They just narratively never say you're reliving the same day over yeah. and over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is very odd. It's a weird one. It's uh it's developed by tequila works who made the sexy brutal, which was one of my favorite games. I think of two years ago, which is a groundhog day game is a groundhog yeah. day like, game. And they also have worked in VR. They've done PSVR games already. So like they have experience in both sort of concepts that work here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see what they do with a license. Yeah. From, I don't remember which studio made Groundhog Day, but can you imagine when someone tra- came to them to buy the video game rights? Yeah. Like, just being like, yeah? They're like, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They've just been sitting on that table for decades. Yeah. So I think Sony Pictures owns the rights at least now. Okay. My, my favorite, right. like, random little detail about this is the fact that this game was announced by Sony Pictures of Virtual Reality. Yeah. A.K.A. SPVR announced a PSVR. Nice. <laughs> which is just a nightmare. To add another wrinkle of confusion to this, this was announced 
on Groundhog Day. The actual Groundhog Day holiday in America, I don't know if you guys have that. Absolutely. It's, so, no. it's, it's by far our dumbest holiday. The yeah. only good part about it is that we get things like Groundhog Day and Russian Doll, yeah. which is on Netflix yeah. now. Yeah, we don't great. get candy. There's no toys. There's yeah. no presents. Like an, A rat comes out of a hole and if it sees <laughs> a shadow, it's cold for longer, I think. I don't even know the rules. Um, but they announced this game on that day. Right. But then it said coming soon, so it doesn't even really have a release date. It, yeah, it's so it'll, it will be on PSVR, Oculus Rift, and HTC Vive. I think just the aim is this year. This year, right. I think is this year. But so they're, what a miss to not launch this on Groundhog Day. I know. Imagine yeah. if it's just a big joke and they just keep announcing it every year on Groundhog Day. <laughs> like that would be that would brilliant. be that would be perfect. But it's that thing of like the medieval announcement. They should have just put that out one Halloween. Yeah, yeah. like that should. I know they put the trailer out last Halloween, but just put that out on a Halloween and that. I agree. Be great. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is a weird one. I'm excited to see what else gets announced for PSVR this year. Hopefully, I think that's from, it. Huge. That's year the for only PSVR thing. Yeah. And, and SPVR. SPVR is having a great year. Uh, before we end the show, we're gonna do a little thing we do here called trophy test Damn trophy it. test is brian's favorite part of the show so bad at this in which uh joe as you're new i hope you enjoy trophies and achievements because that's what this is all about do, uh, you have a, do you have a history of collecting trophies no i don't i find it uh soul destroying i okay like uh, the only platinum i've ever got was spider-man and when i did it i went i don't know why i did that like, <laughs> i don't really understand well well you're gonna be great at this yeah. bad news for you i love it and i'm obsessed in an unhealthy way with trophies so what i do on trophy test is i will give you two trophies at a time one of them is real mm-hmm. one of them is fake okay. you will need to tell me which of these is the real trophy okay uh at the end we will tally up the points and declare a winner uh the, this is a, an ongoing thing from throughout the year so we may have you call in for another game i could do that at whatever time of day it would be for you right mm-hmm. now probably not great. real late perfect um as a hint for you, this will definitely help. These trophies are all from Ratchet & Clank, the first game, when it okay. master. Okay. So, tell me which of these is the real trophy. Is it more powerful than a Pakataru? I don't know the words here. Complete the Gaspar Arena Challenge in under 6 minutes and 45 seconds. And faster than a speeding Amoeboid. Complete the Hoverboard Gold Cup on Rilgar in under one minute and 35 seconds. second one's definitely fake. The first one you didn't know the word for, so there's no way you made up a word you didn't know. <laughs> I, see dub- I see double crossing. See, no, this is the thing. I have to dig into the psychology of Jonathan Dornbush. <laughs> mm. It's the only can't chance I have here. Yeah. No. First, one, The first one is real. The second one you made up. Amoeboid is no, – no, that's not a real thing. I'm going to go for the second one just in case. You're saying the second one's real? Yeah. The correct answer of which of these is the real trophy is faster than a speeding amoeba. The yes! second one. Sorry, that's Brian. real. Yeah, Got that's you. the real one. Oh my god, yeah. you're horrible. Yeah, that's what I. That's what Strange I am. Strange man, <laughs> your mind trained. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! All right, going forward, which of these is the real trophy? Radical, win the hoverboard bronze cup on Kalibo, or tubular, win the hoverboard platinum cup on Kalibo. Is it radical the same thing. or the same tubular? Thing. You just said the same thing twice. It's just um, I'm going radical. You're saying radical is the real one. I'm thinking about which of those two words would have been more used at the time. Okay, that the I, first game came out. Even I will say tubular is the real one because it's just probably like a tube-shaped race that you're. It's, it's like a tunnel. That's a good thought. The correct answer is radical. Yes. Damn it! Sorry, a joke got another point there. Sorry about that, Brian. Oh my god. <laughs> How, how are you feeling two trophies in not great well yeah. it's just like i'm throwing the game too because it's like joe's not gonna be back on the show nah. ever like you're you live nine hours away you'll be you'll be back someday but like if we're tallying points for the year i'm just giving you 
a free a free win here and just throwing my points in the toilet. Oh, I don't know how many games of this you've played and how many points you've got, but I really hope I beat you at the end of I the year. I think you probably will. That would be will. amazing. You're, you're, you already are. Uh, <laughs> good news, we do give a participation trophy at the end of That's the year. That's true. So, uh, moving on. Is I Hate Lamp the real trophy? I Hate Lamp is to break every lamp in a Lero City or Glass Case of Emotion, which is to smash every storefront in a Lero City. So both take place in Lero City, which is the real one. I hate lamp you are or glass case of this. emotion. <laughs> I'm so angry at how good you are at this. <laughs> I hate lamp is a reverse Anchorman reference. Yeah. So that's weird. Um, that feels like something. Hold these up just to be. That feels like a trophy joke. Yeah, I th- I think I hate lamp because that implies that they've because glass case of emotion is just a quote from Anchorman. So like. And they haven't changed that. So you're both also, saying... that's not a case. I'm going I Hate Lamp. Yeah, that's the real one. You're both correct. I Hate yes. Lamp is the real trophy. At one point. Uh, I debated <laughs> changing case to something else, but mm. I, I, it didn't really work, so I stuck with it. I actually forgot the other thing was an Anchorman reference. Good, mm. good work. Uh, Surprised he didn't go with whale's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Walermo's Vagina. Which of these is real? Okay, uh, which of these is the real trophy? All in the Zircon family? Defeat Mrs. Zircon on Kalibo mm-hmm. or Zircon Family Values, defeat Mrs. Zircon on Quartu. I'm understanding why you write him so much. Isn't this, <laughs> isn't this tough? Uh, the second one is real. Zircon Family Values, you're saying? Yeah. All in the Zircon Family Values. Yeah, I'm going second one as well. You're both saying, correct answer. Zircon Family Values. You got it both right. Family. I can't speak right now. I'm so excited. You're still <laughs> up by two, right? He's still, uh, yes, going into the final trophy. Oh, so I can't. Joe's up by two. <laughs> the final trophy is worth seven points. Oh, so I can't. Wow. Is, I think, Clank Crusher the real trophy? Clank Crusher is to crush five gadget bots in the Crusher on Quartu. Mm-hmm. Or Ratchet Rusher, which is to. Defeat 25 enemies on Kalibo in under two minutes. You've mentioned Kalibo so much. Kalibo is a real I know, world it's in just, it. Yes, it's a great just, name. Quartu and Kalibo. Mm. So is it to crush five Gadgetbots in the Crusher on Quartu or to defeat 25 enemies on Kalibo in under two minutes? Which of those uh, is the real trophy? Going for the Clank Crusher. Saying Clank Crusher? Yeah. For seven points? Yeah. For the, for I got to go opposite because otherwise there's no reason. Cause, it's a good point. Yeah. The correct answer is Clank Crusher. Yes! I'm sorry, Brian. With uh, 11 points based on the silly math I just did, Joe, you won. Maybe I should. Did you get every one right? Yeah. He did. Maybe I should really get into trophies. You should. I think you are. You're lying. (laughs) That's it. I'm just super into that. You have a trophy level of like 57. (laughs) You have every trophy. You're incredible at it. Uh, Joe, you worked on every Ratchet and Clank game. You know, that helps a little bit. Uh, Thank you both so much for playing this insane weird obsession of mine creating <laughs> fake trophies I, are you the first is he the first person ever sweep to sweep i think so yeah i nice. don't know if anyone has ever Damn. gotten a perfect score and if i do get 11 points there is a good chance i could beat someone you could i think you so could. Yeah. you definitely i mean you're gonna end the year with some sort of record i'll yeah. take that uh maybe even a real trophy we'll mm-hmm. find out again if you want to make a real trophy for us let us know and we'll have real trophies on the show <laughs> uh thank you both so much for joining me for this episode which is beyond episode 577 uh when you guys are not on the show brian where can people find you uh you can find me on nintendo voice chat and various other productions here at ign and also on twitter at agent bizzle and joe what about you i'm on the ign uk podcast which has well actually you swore a bit today but usually lots more swearing than that yeah i was bad um, sorry we're naughty but we're far away so it's fine and, uh, <laughs> and I, we can't hear them they come to us no late. and i'm on twitter at two plus two is joe 
I love your handle. Uh, and I am at JM Dornbush on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there. Otherwise, uh, just somewhere in the world talking about Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Uh, again, this has been episode 577. Thank you so much for joining us. New episodes of Beyond are live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com. And as always, Beyond. 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 Hey, everyone. If you enjoy Beyond, please check out the new show, Humans Who Make Games. In partnership with IGN, Starburns Audio presents Humans Who Make Games, an intimate conversational podcast with the creators of some of the world's most remarkable games, hosted by comedian and lifelong gamer Adam Conover. Every Wednesday, a new guest joins Adam to talk about the games they've made and the human stories behind them. Humans Who Make Games, available every Wednesday on iTunes.